Are you young, dedicated, up and coming, motivated, and bold? Well, we got a podcast for you. Welcome to the Get Your Grind Up podcast, where we invite the world's future leaders and break down their stories to success. It's about the nit, grit, triumphs, and failures as we see how they got to where they are on their loading bars. And you never know, you can be here too. But until then, get your grind up. On this episode of the Get Your Grind Up podcast, we pick up right where we left off with Jesse Louie. He's a copywriter for VaynerMedia. He's a part-time photographer for the National Women's Soccer League, the Sky Blue FC team, and the U.S. Women's National Team, the World Cup winners. I can't wait to get started with this episode. Let's get right into it. Working with the women's national team, um, and I'm sticking on the soccer train. You know, I got that energy. Yeah. <laughs> for the World Cup. It's, it's running through the blood. Um what have been some of the highlights of uh, the moments that you've gotten to capture so far? Yeah. Um, I would say overall highlights are definitely uh, that I've provided some ounce of value to with my pictures. And I think as simple as that um, might not seem like anything to anybody listening, but when a player uses my picture, when, you know, that picture is being used for a poster that the fans get signed at the end of a game, things like that to me, like have been like, I think my biggest or my favorite accomplishments from the work that I've done with this. I think I never set out to make, to be the best photographer in this industry and like capitalize and monopolize this. I'd be like the only one who's doing it. Cause I never really cared about that stuff. I think for me, like the imagery that I'm using, if it, somebody can find value and if one person's happier because of it, 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 it's crazy to me that people even use my stuff. I think that's, it's still wild. And I think it's uh, something I'll never get used to, but I'm super appreciative that people respect my work and the work that I've put into this has uh, somewhat paid off. And then, so that's like from a higher level standpoint, uh, granularly, I think uh, I've captured the women's national team twice uh, being in those stadiums and those arenas and seeing like, young hopeful fans like kind of go through this journey with with the sport itself is wild to me like being in a packed stadium uh at red bull arena in harrison new jersey and seeing like 20 30 000 people show up and all root for the same team is is wild it's crazy i'm uh i'm a jets and a knicks fan so not a lot of winning goes along in my life so this uh this national team craze has been wild uh what's funny is i also cover Sky Blue FC, they've been on a little bit of a roller coaster. Um, they've won, I think I've seen them win two games in two seasons. So it's been uh, it's been a rough patch, but I think it fits right into my narrative of, you know, Jets, Knicks, Sky Blue. Like, we're one day, one day we'll, we'll, we'll be prestigious and it's the grind. And I think that's the part I think I respect the most is that I go week to week and I see the players put in the work and they don't necessarily see the recognition that maybe a national team does but they're still working just as hard. And I think it's super respectful. And I think I respect the hell out of all the players who kind of are in and out of the league, uh, in and around the game. Like it's, it's wild. Um, and then also I think the game itself, uh, when I talk about like, Oh, I'm a Jets fan, I'm a Knicks fan. Uh, these big leagues, these, these huge teams that are 
wildly, wildly popular, going down and stripping it back to the level where this is their NBA, this is their NFL, this is the national, this is the biggest soccer league for women's sports, and it's right in our backyards, and you get to see some of the best players play. Uh, and then also after every game, I think it's super crazy that all the players usually sign autographs for all the fans, and I, they stay, they'll stay extra time every single night. And I think that's the part, that's the most gratifying part of it is me being able to capture moments like that. Whether they win or lose, it doesn't matter because the sport progresses when there's inclusion with fans, with the team, with the players. I think it's it's an incredibly uh, optimistic sport, and I love everything and every asset about it. it one quick comment to go off of that. Uh, I'm glad that as a, a newcomer to um, the soccer world um, that you, you've been able to to recognize quickly that it's more than just a game. Exactly. Um, that it, it really run deep. It runs deep, and it's um, something that these these women have um, really put their everything into. And honestly, I'm another quick note. I'm really surprised. Sky Blue FC only has like a couple wins. They do have Carly Lloyd <laughs> on their team. Yeah, so it's like it's, it's been. I mean, she's been away for international duty. There, there's there's always there's always a story and there's a rhyme and a reason. Uh, I'm not knocking them. I think they they like the league is competitive. They're, mm-hmm. they're like you talk, we talk about there there's the best talent in this league, um, across the board. Uh, it's crazy how good the competition is and how also how unnoticed it goes. I think now you're, you're going to start seeing it blow up. You have to. Uh, it took a little bit, but I mean, with the women winning, uh, the U S women winning, um, I'm hoping that it kind of just draws more interest per week to week. The sport grows and it can kind of keep progressing from there. Most definitely. So has that interest of soccer moved into the men's side for you? Uh, I would say a little bit, but I also would say, you know, what's weird is like going back to like the history of like how I got into sport. I've literally grown up watching basketball my entire life, football my entire life. Soccer was always never even a question. It was, it's really weird to me how I actually fell in love with the sport and I fell in love with the women's sport over something that might be more popular, like the men, the Premier League, or the, all, and also there's way too many leagues for me to. I got to start somewhere, so I think it's going to take me a while, but eventually I'll probably move in there. I'm going to try to start, start shooting more soccer too, so I think I'll start with the MLS and kind of work my way up. It's like um, like Mortal Kombat. I remember back in the day, you play like the easier opponents, and you kind of get to the, the boss. I think I just gotta. I, gotta, I had to start somewhere. Soccer for me, this is very fresh. Like it's like a year. So I'm learning the women's game, uh, and maybe it'll translate into men's. Maybe it won't. I don't know. We'll find out. Okay. So we'll maybe you get into the men's. Maybe you don't. But do you have the intention to um, possibly cover your your favorite teams there, the Knicks or Jets? Yeah, I'm waiting for them to call me up. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, it is. It's a little difficult. Uh, the process for uh, being a photographer for those two leagues, specifically because there's so many different rights. Um, the NFL, I know, specifically takes their own talent, so it is harder to get into some of those events. But also, I've been like super lucky that I've worked on some brands that kind of work in tandem with the NBA and with the NFL. So I've been able to kind of shoot some of my favorite athletes at like all-star weekend. I was down there in Charlotte last year or this year and then uh, LA last year. Um, And then I just did some stuff with some NFL players out in Vegas. So, I mean, I can't, I, I would say I would love to make that move eventually to try to get in there. It is a little tougher um, trying to figure out my way how to get in there. 
but with my limited experience in shooting, I would say as a hop, not as a hobby, as I guess as a side project, I've only been shooting photography as a side project for around a year now. So within that year, year and a half, like it's been pretty, it's been a pretty wild ride. So hopefully if we chat again within the next year, like I'll, I'll have some more stories for you guys. Dude, 100%. I mean, that's not, that's definitely not bad for, for a year out of just doing something on the side and building up your own portfolio and everything like that. But I do have to ask the question of mm-hmm. how do you feel about the Knicks offseason, man? This, this is, this is the, <laughs> this is the icing on the cake. You know what? When I, when I wrote that in the pre questionnaire, I was like, don't ask me about it. <laughs> Uh, you know we had to. I figured, no, I know. I know you had to. I think it's, it's part. It's part of my journey, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm a I'm a diehard Knicks fan, and it's it's a rough life. It's um, it's not one that I would ever wish upon my worst enemy. It's, it's been a, it's been a wild wild ride. I am a very 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 strong hater of top down. I guess I could probably say this. it doesn't really matter. James Dolan, I think, as a president owner of the team uh hasn't done the job it's been i think in my lifetime so i'm 27 seem to go to the playoffs three times because i was too young to even realize like what happened before like 99 98 um so it's been wild like i i can't explain how bad they've handled the last like few years i'm a big i don't know are you guys big basketball fans I pay attention to it a little bit. And I think what the Knicks haven't really done anything ever since Jeremy Lin age that's, for the most that's, part. That's my guy. That's my, yeah, that I mean, was, Jeremy, that was that's watching. my guy too. <laughs> that's your guy too. I think, yeah. So I can tell you, I can tell you everything about Lin Sandy. February 4th, 2012. <laughs> I was at the first game, Lin Sandy. They played, they no played way, the Nets. Uh, we were, we were chanting his name before the game. Cause we knew he was on the last of his 10 day contract. Like, I can go back very, very, very specifically to those days. Like I remember where I was Valentine's day, 2012 Calderon, the shot in uh, air Canada center against the Raptors. There are moments in my life. And I think people as, fa- as sports fans, like if you're a fan of like the Yankees, like, Oh my God, I remember when we won the world series in this year, I don't have that. Like we don't, we don't have like, our wins are like, Hey, remember when we won like 12 straight regular season games with Jeremy Lin? Like that was amazing. That was the best part of my life. So I think as a Knicks fan, you've kind of had this, I've always had this like very, very low expectation of, of the team. This year specifically is hurt very badly. Um, the Kevin Durant going to Brooklyn, I hate the Nets. Like just, they're super whack. They're like the little brother of the Knicks. But for some reason, they've gotten the better management, the better team. I don't, I don't hate Kevin Durant for doing something like that, but it just it hurt really bad. Like. Like, I think when that happened, and then also, uh, if you guys are big Knicks fans, in February, they traded their best player, Kristaps Porzingis, mm-hmm. for a chance to get Kevin Durant. Like, just just blank money. It was really stupid. And when it came down to it, as soon as, like, Porzingis was traded, I was a big KP fan. I get texts, and same thing with when Kevin Durant went to the Nets. I get texts from, like, my friends, and they all roast me, and they're all just like, oh, my God, man, I'm so sorry. It's like as if somebody died in my family. They're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, Jay, like, you're going to be so sad for like the next 20 years. And I'm like, I know, like, I just, I don't even know what to do anymore. Like the Knicks, the Knicks ruined my life. But everything else about like the sport and I love basketball and I love all the players. It's, it's given me a different perspective because I can appreciate other teams and other players because I can kind of live vicariously through other people because my Knicks are never going to do, they're not going to do shit. They fucking suck. (laughs) And you know what's crazy that 
though I'm not a Knicks fan person uh, personally, a lot of my um, family is, um, and I've never seen a team with such awful history and just no sense of winning have so many passionate fans and such a high value. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it doesn't really make sense. It goes it Why would anybody choose this? <laughs> no yeah, it is rough. It's a good thing you're not one, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, my advice to you is to stay that way. I'm, I'm a Celtic, so I don't know what that okay. if that does anything for you. But I, I hate Boston, but the Knicks are so bad. There's no rivalries anymore. <laughs> there's, nobody, there's nobody who's competing. Like the, the Knicks aren't competing against anybody. It doesn't matter. I get, I respect it. But I think my my best, if uh, if I can actually say this, my best um, Knicks moment. Mm-hmm. Um, was when I watched the game back when you guys had Jamal Crawford before. Ooh. I think this is after his first or second six man of the year. Okay. Um, and he scored, I think, 13 straight buckets. Kid was on fire, and then he got yeah. injured, and then I'm pretty sure that was. What's funny is, like, see, that Knicks, when you remember that, and I remember Crawford, the Marbury era, Steve yeah. Francis, like, at those Knicks were so bad that you just remember those moments. Like that I remember when Jamal Crawford dropped so many buckets in one singular regular season game, but it didn't really do anything because they didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> but yeah, I, like you don't have to be a Knicks fan to know how bad it is. Like you pointing that out was like, yep, I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. Oh God. So does your, your love of, um, I guess, well, I'll take a step back. Your Knicks might not have the history, but your Jets do. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. The Jets do. What is your your feelings moving forward with the Jets now that you have a, a running back who is questionable off the field, but solid on? Yeah. Uh, adding Le'Veon to me was huge. Um, people will talk about his antics, him sitting out a year, the money was it a mistake? Was it not? Uh, still, he's healthy, I think. Well, knock on wood. Um, and he's arguably one of the best backs in the league. I think you can't go wrong, especially with a team that had so much money and the team that has so much youth. So we have a lot of um, young players on rookie contract scales. They were able to make a move that was risky like that. I think the Jets, I'm always the same way. Same way the Knicks, I guess, but the Knicks are just more of a joke. The, the Jets, I'm always hopeful every single year. I think they're going to be decent. I love the team this year. I love what they're doing. Uh, I was questionable with the coaching decision with Case, but he's starting to look like he might be able to kind of corral these guys. Um, but I just never know. When you have Tom Brady in your division, you, you're playing you're playing with fire. I think it's going to be tough. It's going to take a few years for Darnold to kind of step up. But I like where we're headed. Like They've made all the right moves, and now it's just a matter of waiting to see if it pans out, whereas the Knicks make all the wrong moves, and they just they don't. Yeah, they just suck. <laughs> There's no hope for them. The Jets have hope. Knicks don't. Well, I have your, your Tom Brady kryptonite. As though I'm a Celtics fan, I am a New York Giants fan for okay. odd reasons. And we are, though we drafted a quarterback this year, we That's are right. in need of a quarterback. I wouldn't mind trading you the Tom Brady kryptonite Eli Manning for Sam Bradford or um, Sam Darnold. Yeah, yeah, no hard pass on that one. Eli Manning is like trade. 40 years old. I don't, I don't need him. You can stick to Dunkin' Donuts commercials. And also, you're, the rookie you got, he could be good. Uh, he, they drafted him early, but he looks exactly like Eli Manning. So, you it's know, maybe, maybe he, could be, he could be the Tom Brady killer. I've seen one good player come out of Duke, and I'm 
pretty sure we're looking <laughs> quarterback. So okay. I, I forgot fair. they had a football team. Yeah, very fair. That's very fair. <laughs> oh, man. So I don't have much football knowledge, but Gary is a Giants fan, and you're a Jets, Jets fan. fan. No, he's a Jets fan. <laughs> <laughs> Who wins this season between the two of you? Between opinion. no, try not to Jets, Jets and Jets and Giants. Yeah, honestly, um, I think the Jets have it this year. I think them trading Odell Beckham. They, why? I don't know. You're not, you're not helping Eli out. I love Saquon running back. Can't win that many games. I'm hoping that the Jets have a better record than. Them. But honestly, I don't mind the Giants roster. But I think they've made a lot of interesting moves this year that might set them back a little bit. So hopefully, the Jets can overtake them this year. No, I, I agree in that. Um, I think they, they really cleaned house and kind of went for a, um, a an Eli Manning locker room where everyone's kind of just bland. Um, not a lot of chaos. Um, we got out a couple defensive players that were a little controversial off the field, um, quick to the media, Odell being one of them. He felt trapped, um, and I get it. I understand. <laughs> we, he did give us four or five solid years, and I'm eternally grateful. But, um, you know, all, all good things come to an end, and if it ends, it's, it's, it's in happen. Cleveland. So who really won? Let's, let's be completely honest. I, I, I like that Cleveland team. Uh, and they, I think you're going to miss Odell very much. Week one, you're going to see it. <laughs> Cleveland, they're the Knicks of the, of the NFL. They are, but for some reason, they're, even they're good. The Knicks still suck, so. Dude, now, he, no, uh, Odell is going to pull a JR, man. He's going to go go to Cleveland. He's going to win a chip. Maybe. That would be, be hilarious. Could. Could you imagine? That would be, be wild. He'll have his shirt off all, all parade, too. And JR probably be there, too. He'll probably still over there with no shirt off. I'm pretty sure he doesn't own shirts. He just has jerseys. And he just wears them. He doesn't just wear them. He just puts them somewhere else. Oh, gosh. So we, we've covered a lot here. We've covered your journey from Rutgers through Vayner um, into your newfound love, the women's soccer teams and leagues, um, and to your faint loves of the Jets and uh, <laughs> Knicks teams. But we, we've covered a lot of ground there. And I want to see if we can um, put this all into perspective, um, because you, we asked you beforehand where you thought you were on your journey around that 25% range. Um, but give us a little insight on what a hundred percent looks like for you. And that can include a, a next championship if you'd like. <laughs> that definitely is in there. Well, that means hundred percent means I might be dead by that point. Well, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> I think, yeah, a hundred percent for me, I honestly don't even know if I'll ever reach it. I think it's just one of those things that I don't even know what a hundred percent looks like today. It was different than when I was five years ago, you asked me the same question. I think for me, really 100% just means that I've done everything I could to the best of my ability. So whether that's uh, within social uh, marketing, whether it's uh, going back to school and becoming a teacher and accomplishing these things, whether there are a lot of things and a lot of factors that I think will play into my future within the next 10, 20, 30 years of my working career that will definitely tell me, like, I just hope by the end of it that if I've accomplished the things that I thought I could do and I didn't, I had lived with no regrets at that point, that that's a hundred percent for me. So I think the way that I've kind of approached, you know, photography is kind of like, can I do it? Can I make it in the league like this? Can I do this? Can I bring this to the NBA? 
that type of thinking I'll never lose, whether it's photography or whatever the next journey I kind of want to go on. I just want to make sure that whatever I'm doing, I'm not half-assing it and that I'm a hundred percent committed and I'm into it and I like what I do. So I think that's the, that's the part where like a hundred percent to me is that I'm a hundred percent committed to whatever I'm doing at the time. I love it, man. I love it. And so that's going to lead us to our favorite part, which is the deep thinking question. And I'm going to bring back a point that you brought up earlier in the interview where you were talking about how at the beginning of your career, you were kind of talking more in timeline basis of like, I need to hit this portion of my career in five years, 10 years, et cetera. And I think a lot of young people do that. I mean, I've done it where it's like, you need to hit a certain amount of salary by five or 10 years, retire by a certain age, whatever it may be. Why do you think that as you start to grow older and move from like that 21 to 23 year old and start Mm -hmm. to move more towards 24, 25, 26, that your mindset kind of shifts away from that time frame sort of mindset? Yeah. Um, super valid question. I think, hmm, I think for me, I think you just kind of learn what you, what you want. Um, back then you, you're, everything's a hypothetical, right? So it's like when I'm 21, 22, 23, I don't know what the future holds. So I'm going to put a timetable. So hopefully I can get it to there by that point. Right. And I think it's, it's kind of, to me, it feels wrong because like, if you don't get to that point, it's not necessarily a failure, but if you set yourself up that way, it seems like a failure. Right. So it's like, if I'm 21, 22, 23, and I say, Hey, I want to be a teacher by I'm 35, or I want to become a senior, a senior copywriter by 27. Is it a failure if you're not? No, I don't think so. So I think you kind of move out of the timeline stage and the same thing with money and numbers and things like that, because you realize there's so many other factors like money and a salary and all those things will come eventually. Uh, timing for different things. It's, it's all hit or miss. So I think like you can't hold yourself, especially if I would tell like younger, my younger self, or even you guys now, it's just that nothing ever goes completely as planned. Like you can try to plan out the next 10 years of your life, but I guarantee it won't be so cookie cutter. It won't be like uh, at this day uh, in this month, like I'll be exactly where I want to be. Uh, there's ebbs and there's flows to everything. So I think as I gotten older, I'm 27 now, I almost forgot um, that it's just kind of things matter less to you. Like, I guess back in the day, I was like, yeah, I'll, maybe I'll make a lot of money. I'll do this. But now you realize like, as you get this age, you're like, do I want to make a million dollars, but like be working my ass off and not have any time for my family and for other things and things that matter to me outside of just a salary or a number I think as I get older, like you start to weigh those importances and then you're like, that's when you can kind of realize like, you know, timelines, there are certain things you can put a timeline on, but for something like your career or your career goals, I think it's, it's a little brash to say, I want to do this by this age. And if you can't, like, if you want to, and that's the way you think, I think go for it. But for me personally, I think it's always been just kind of set these benchmarks and don't put a concrete deadline on these things. And the way you kind of approach it and get there. Maybe you said, Hey, I want to be, I want to be a creative director by 30. And maybe you hit it at 28. Does that mean that everything else now moves up? So like at past that point, it's like, no, it's like you've accomplished this goal, use it as fodder and kind of use that as to get to the next level of whatever you want that to be. And that's great. And I, I when, when you're saying how, um, 
everything kind of blends and you're moving forward and not to set those hard guidelines. Just think of a gradient um, mm-hmm. with, with color schemes, um, you know, associating a goal with a color. And as you achieve one, it starts to blend into the next. And though um, some portions, some sections may a bit, be a bit longer um, in, mm-hmm. in the end, um, everything kind of flows and it's, there's no hard stop. Right um, to your progression. That was beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> is that on the fly. Yeah, it was on the fly. Yeah, it's just one of those things. You know, what? I'm I'm gonna write that one down. We're I was gonna say you might want to write that one down. Yeah. If it's not already written down. He just read it off on the fly. That was really good. Yeah, I appreciate that. Everyone listening, that is copyrighted by the time you will you hear this. So don't get any ideas. You, am I, you ever think of becoming a copywriter? Um, actually, yes, no, we we're, we're going to talk after this because I <laughs> actually am. So we're you're, you're on the nail there. Um, but before we get too far down this rabbit hole, um, I want to bring you into our, our second question here. Um, this is this gets to touch upon your your creative side as well. Um, and it's one of our it's one of our older questions, but I still think it's uh, it's it's very very powerful and allows you to reflect on um, what's going on uh, in life as a whole. Um, so if we we had to um, fast forward twenty years into the future, by this time, you know, just by the nature of odds, the Knicks have a championship or two, and you know, the Jets have a you know they've doubled what they have in their pockets already. Um, so everyone's good, everyone's happy. We can live peacefully, but you've accomplished everything you wanted to. So you're 127. You still got all your family with you. Um, it's a future where I guess no one dies, but today will, will be your last day. Okay. Uh, you have everyone around you um, and they bring you um, a book. Okay. This book is um, an autobiography of your life. It covers everything. Oop, Bixby. Sorry. Um, Bixby is my, uh, my Siri guys. Samsung does have a Siri. <laughs> Her name is Bixby. She's a great gal. Um, but we're taking a look at this book. Um, and we take a look at that first chapter. That first chapter is your entire life up into this very second that me and you are speaking right now. Mm-hmm. What is the title of that first chapter? That's a good one. And I like the setup too. I mean, at this point, let's see, if I'm 127, that's like a fifth of my life, right? It's the first, oh man, that's tough. What's the, um, and this is bad too, because I'm a copywriter. I should know exactly what this title should be. The words should just flow. Um, you need that gradient flow right now. Yeah, yeah exactly. I don't got the gradient. Mine's <laughs> too hard colors. They're just not meshing together. They're contrasting. Um, huh, I really want this to be good because I hope that anybody who listens to this <laughs> would be like, wow, that was a great answer. But um, I don't know. I think, I guess it would be um, – this is, this is really bad. This is the only thing on my head. It would be like, you know, Kanye's uh, 808 and Heartbreak, I right? Do. I do. Right? So it would be – I think I would swap the 808s uh, for something that's more meaningful to me, which would be like 732 and Heartbreak because I'm from central New Jersey. I think my roots are kind of embedded there. Uh, even though I live up north now, I'm still back fairly often. A lot of my family's still from there. And then the heartbreak, you already know. It's the Knicks, the Jets. <laughs> Up to this point, it's like I don't even know what winning's like. So hopefully in the next four chapters or however many chapters are in this book, it, it turns a page. But I think, yeah, I think it's obviously satirical. I think uh, the title would be based on the premise as you would read the book. It would just be that's just how I am. It, it's funny. I play into the trope that, you know, being a Knicks fan isn't glorious. 
a lot of things aren't glorious in life, but if you can be as optimistic as possible and kind of go with the flow, things kind of work itself out. So I would say that would be the name of the first title of my first chapter. It probably sucks. I'd probably proofread that and maybe change it, but the next ones would hopefully be just much better than those. I can visualize it. The next like <laughs> sub chapters, it'll be going off that Kanye theme, NBA finals dropout. And then it'll yeah. be the, yeah, the NFL championship. <laughs> well, I'm hoping I don't take a Kanye trajectory. Oh no, God. I, I maybe a backward trajectory, and we'll go from eight away, and we'll go backwards. <laughs> yeah. I definitely like that. <laughs> oh man, awesome! So before we ask our final question, where can people find you? Where can they find that amazing photography that you're putting out? Um, give yourself a shout out right here. Oh, self plug, shameless plug. Um, you can find. Most of my work on my Instagram, uh, at Jesse Louie, J-E-S-S-E-L-O-U-I-E. Uh, I have a Twitter. It's not that funny. I think I'm funny, but if you want to go read those tweets, it's the same handle, at Jesse Louie, J-E-S-Z-L-O-U-I-E. My website's jessielouie.com. I haven't updated it in a while. There's some photography on there. But realistically, if you wanted to find me, just go to my Instagram, DM me, talk to me. That's how these guys reached out to me, so I think... I'm always available. Also, because I work in social media, I'm on my phone all the time. So if you hit me up on any of those channels, I'll probably get back to you within the first like five minutes. Uh, that's the what Gary taught me best was how to monitor and uh, engage in the social world of 2019. So yeah, hit me up. Yeah, shout out to Michelle for, for setting this up. So final question. Mm-hmm. What is the question that you wish that we asked you? That you asked me? Um, you asked me a lot of questions, so I think you've covered a lot, um, that you didn't ask me. Hmm. I don't know. I think, I think we've covered a lot. Uh, you talked about the Jets, Knicks, soccer, photography, uh, maybe about my, more of my background. I think, uh, I have the most normal life, so it's not very interesting, but I feel like when people ask about it, it's like, oh, where are you from? It's like, oh, I'm from central New Jersey. I've been born and raised there. Um, I'm very New Jersey. Uh, my brothers, my family, all out there. Um, so I think maybe some of those questions. But aside from that, like, if you really want to know that. I doubt anybody actually wants to know that stuff. So I'm glad you didn't ask that as well. And going off of the fact that you're from Jersey, I, I went to a school where we were predominantly Jersey kids. Um, so mm-hmm. there's a little Jersey in me. Um, and surprised that you, you actually said central Jersey, most of the Jersey kids where I go to school, used to go to school is either North or South. There was, there was no, in between. they're just wrong. So. <laughs> <laughs> the big question is yeah. pork roll or Taylor ham. It's pork roll. It's pork roll. Fair you enough. Agree? <laughs> Honestly, I didn't know what it was until two, three years ago. It was just <laughs> a meat they slapped down. To me, it's just really, really good. Um, but for everyone listening out there, you heard it here first. Jesse, r- great, great episode. Love having you out here. Um, big thanks from the Young and Dumb community, Getro Grind Up community, for coming out here, sharing your wisdom and your heartbreak with us. We really <laughs> appreciate it. Glad I can tell my story. 
<laughs> love it, love it, love it. And for all of you listening out there, don't forget the grind is gradient. Uh, we're going to have to work on that. But live life to the fullest. Keep grinding. We'll make it happen. We'll be back very soon with another episode of the Get Show Grind Up podcast. Stay tuned. Let us know what you think of the new format. We're doing uh, a lot of things differently. We're trying to get our grind up and make sure we can get you the best content all the time. Let us know what you think. Drop a comment in our comment section. Hit us up on Instagram, IG, Facebook, Twitter. You already know at Get Show Grind Up. Drop a comment on wherever you can find our podcast. Tell your friends, tell your teacher, tell your mom. I'm sure she'd like it too. Jesse, again, much thanks. And always remember we are all young and dumb. And never forget, get your grind up. See you guys soon. Peace. Peace.